Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Been in the ministry about 47 years now, going on 50, and I've only had four visitations during that time. And many will say they've been visited of the Lord, but it's so shaking and profound an experience that you never forget it. Uh, it's like he knows every, uh, not just your person, but every cell, individual cell in your body. It is something that it's indescribable. But during that time, uh, many years ago, uh, the second visitation I had from the Lord was very simply having to do with the end time, the last day. And that was in October of 89, 1989. And during that time, uh, we were going through a very hard time in the ministry. And I'm going into dreams and visions there for our Lord Jesus Christ, for those that have an ear to hear. And very basically, he that hath a dream, let him tell it. He that vision, let him tell it. So uh, there in obedience to the Lord Jesus, we'll share that with you. In October of 89, we had three travel trailers and traveling uh, throughout the South and the, and the Southeast. Uh, doing revivals in churches and uh, no tent ministry at that time, just uh, uh, wherever a church door would open, uh, have a revival and then uh, take that offering and go to the next one. And during that time in the early years, uh, some of the smaller churches did not have a lot to give. And I had three uh, families with me uh, and had three different uh, separate uh, travel trailers at that time. And so it was very rough financially. And it come to the point where on the road that coming uh, from Georgia back into Mississippi, through Alabama back into Mississippi, and into Louisiana, uh, they're trying to get to the next revival that we completely ran out of money. And it was a fight. And of course, we know there's a cross. And that's at that particular time, I had traded tools, spare tires for gasoline uh, to keep us all going down the road. At that point, I thought, I've got to go back to work. I've been in the insurance business and financial uh, services there for many years and uh, had given up the insurance license and the securities license uh, to do nothing but ministry. So I thought, well, Lord, I've pressed it as far as I can. I can't go any further. Uh, we were there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and on Florida Boulevard, and we had to literally push with our team members the travel trailers and the vans and pickup trucks into a trailer park where a lady that owned the trailer park there was... Uh, merciful enough to let us park our travel trailers there. And I told her I would get a job and pay her there, but we were preachers, evangelists, and we had run out of money. Uh, she was very merciful. She allowed us to do that. We parked our trailers. And during that time, a very low time there in my life, that I said, Lord, I can't go any further. Going back into the working world, uh, we gave it a best shot. We went for three years, and, but now we're totally busted. And at that time, uh, in that uh, place there off of Florida Boulevard in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, they had a, a vision from the Lord. He came in this visitation 
And there at 3.33 in the morning, there in this travel trailer, my wife and I uh, woke up at 3.33 uh, with a profound revelation. The Lord was there looking at me. And there many people say they see the Lord with uh, uh, eyes as blue as oceans of love or whatever. I saw a man there that was kind of rough looking but eyes of fire the Urim and Tuming that he could, uh, there looking at me, knew every cell in my body, uh, knew not only that he created me, but every cell that was in my body uh, there, he knew it. And I could not speak. I was uh, dumbfounded. I just sat there and looked at him. And during that time, uh, he put me in a dream. Now I'm seeing him and he, I look up there at him. He's only four foot away. Uh, and he puts me in a dream. And in this dream that uh, was going to pass over from one part of the city to another. And during that time, uh, there was this soldier. The soldier was six foot six and had on a military uniform, a general, many medals. and. Uh, uh, very uh, military uh, there in every movement he made was very dramatic. And by his side was a beautiful woman. She had a veil, uh, long, long black hair and a veil, and also very tall. But he had the woman there by the hand. And she, he was, he was leading her and she was in a wedding dress with a wedding veil, uh, there and the veil over her face, like a woman would do, a bride would do that's going to be married to her husband. And he said, we must pass over as he's going from one part of the city to another, there was war. And there were bombs going off, and it was warfare. And, of course, during that time, people were dying. And, of course, it was very radical. We come to a small lake, and in this lake, there's a gondola. And as he's walking, very military stepping, she's having to run to keep up with him, the bride. And the general, the soldier, stops right there and looks at this small pond, at this gondola, and there was a man in it. And there was a great wind that blew him out. He went into the water, and when it went into the water, uh, I didn't know if it was a bomb that went off or a wind that knocked him out of the gondola, but some very forceful knocked him into the water. And he was under that water by the space of 30 minutes, a half an hour. Now, there's no way I'm watching this, the soldier and the bride watching this, this spectacle. And I'm thinking, there's no way this man's alive. He's got to be dead. But a long time waited. And he stayed there constantly. The soldier, along with the, the woman, kept looking at the water. And after 30 minutes, the man came back up and said, I'm alive. The soldier then said, uh, 
It's by half an hour. He's under the water for half an hour. He immediately starts the military stride again, going through the city, passing over. And he's not saying anything to the bride, but he is walking in a military stride. She's running with everything she can to stay up with him. They finally get to the other side. There is a house. He opens that door, goes into the house, and in that first level, there is a kind of a picnic table inside the house. There are four men there, two on each side, and they're drunken, and they're playing cards and laughing. During that time, there are two other men over there in another room preparing sandwiches, food, or whatever the case is, and drinks. These other two men, as they're preparing, there the soldier, along with the bride, is in the house now and looks at the man that was dealing the cards at the table. And the soldier says, we must go up very profoundly. And the man that was drunken, his tie was to the side, uh, very uh, informally dressed as in a sloppy attire. I had a suit on, but uh, not arranged. Uh, the tie was to the side and undone. And, and he laughed and thought that was funny. And said, oh, forget that. Everything's fine. Nothing's going to happen to us. No one will come in this house. Eat, drink, and be merry. The soldier looked at him again the second time and said, We must go up. Did it the second time. He laughed again, laughing. Said, Ha, ha, ha. No one will come in and bother us. Sit down, eat, drink, and be merry. No one will harm us. The soldier said it one more time the third time, and said, we must go up. And immediately started walking up a spiral staircase. As he went up the spiral staircase from the first floor, it was a triangular shape. Equal sides and equal uh, height, length, and width. Perfect triangle. And as he's going up, he goes the spiral staircase up to the second floor but he doesn't stop there he keeps going and the bride there has her hand on his uh, arm following him as he's going the spiral staircase up very military strideful and as he gets up to the second he goes to the third floor when he gets to the third floor he enters into that door and that is seven cubits wide, seven cubits high, and seven cubits width. Length, width, and height, seven cubits. He goes in, and there is a cedar chest there. Now, my time's in the ministry. I had never paid any attention to cedar or the cedar work or a cedar chest. That was totally new to me. It was foreign to me. But it was the profound center focus in that upper room, that third floor, that was in an apex, a triangular, seven cubits high, seven cubits wide, and seven cubits broad. 
height, length, and width, seven cubits. They come in, he shut the door. The bride still has her veil on. And there is this cedar chest. This soldier starts taking his bare hand, his right hand, and goes to the cedar chest and starts literally pulling wood off the cedar chest, a very large cedar chest. And by doing that, no chisel, no hammer, just his hand. And he starts taking wood and throwing it off. As he's doing this, then a J is exposed. He keeps going, then an E, and I think, oh, I know where this is going. Obviously, it's going to the name Jesus. It keeps going this until it is all exposed and revealed, J-E-S-U-S, all capital letters, and the cedar chest. When that happens, then he pulls the veil back over the bride's head. He opens the lid then of the cedar chest. Now, remember, it's, it is in a triangular form. And uh, that triangle there, he has exposed the name, revealed the name, unveiled the name of Jesus with his bare hands on this cedar wood, on this cedar chest. And he lifts the lid up. And he reaches in and pulls out a crown, a crown that was huge. And I'm going to say it looked like it was three feet high. It was a very large and had every kind of stone in it you could think of. It had diamonds, emeralds, rubies. It had ligures. It had everything that you could think of in that crown. The most beautiful crown sparkling and the glory was uh, just, it, it, it cannot express it. And he placed it on the woman's head. When she there had it placed on her head, immediately the top or the apex, the apex of that triangle opened, the roof opened. And both the soldier, that general, and the woman went up in the light. A light that you could feel. I went in there. I could feel it with them. I was seeing them. And they were literally taking in a cloud where you could see them no more. And it was total Shekinah glory. I was basking in that cloud. The warmth, the love. You could feel the love, the warmth of it. And it was the most wonderful, uh, comforting uh, peace that you could feel. And I wanted to stay there. And for quite a while, I basked in that glorious cloud. But I was asking the Lord, let me say how wonderful it is. Then, in just a split second, I was back down on the first floor, looking at the six men, four at the table, two that were preparing the sandwiches and the drinks, six men totally, but four at the table. And... uh, They were sitting there still playing cards, eating, drinking, and making merry. And as I was watching them and beholding them, the door was kicked in with an army. And they came in uh, to that room and with uh, machine guns, literally mowed everybody down. It was very bloody. 
Uh, we could see, I could see the guts, the head being totally blown uh, to pieces. Guts were there. But the man that was talking to the general there that said, eat, drink, and be merry, he fell over dead at that table. Of course, all six men were dead. And I'm sitting there, and in my spirit is just rolling, uh, very upset. And as a dead uh, there, then this man, all of them were dead. The man that had said, eat, drink, and be merry, making a, uh, making a joke of it all, then moved. I'm thinking, oh, maybe the Lord is going to resurrect them. Maybe there's hope. And uh, at that time, he moved. And, and when he moved, then I looked over to the other room where the two men were preparing, were preparing uh, the, uh, the drinks and the, the food. And one ahead, one of them began to move. And I think, oh, well, there's going to be a, possibly a resurrection here. Well, as he began to move over there in that room, the ones preparing uh, the food, the one that was at the card table, the one that said, let's uh, eat, drink, and be merry, pulled out a gun, uh, looked like a revolver, and pointed it at the man over that room and shot him. And then I'm going, no, no, please, no. And then he put it on his own head and shot himself. And immediately after that happened, I looked up and I came out of the dream and there was the Lord staring at me that I will uncover the cedar work. He immediately broke over my shoulder and said, I'll see you again. Now, this is October of 89, a very low time in the ministry. Three families there going through very struggling times financially and just trying to stay alive, uh, preaching from one church to another. And at that time, I did not know what the cedar work was and started seeking the Lord. What is this cedar work that he's going to uncover? And then in Zephaniah, in that second chapter, I'll share this with you. And he says there that in the Moab and in the last days, in verse 8, he said, I heard the reproach of Moab and the reviling of the children of Ammon, whereby they have reproached my people and magnified themselves against their border. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom and the children of Ammon as Gomorrah even the breeding of nettles and salt pits and a perpetual desolation, the residue of my people shall spoil them and the remnant of my people shall possess them. Now the remnant of her seed, there's a type and shadow of Revelation 12, is the remnant of the woman's seed that keeps the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. I'm thinking, well, what a wonderful work that God is going to destroy the ones that are not in him, for he will lift up his glory, his name, and all will know him. Then verse 12, this is Zephaniah 2, verse, verse 10, and uh, just read verse 9. Now verse 10, 
This shall they have for their pride, because they have reproached and magnified, magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts. Verse 11, the Lord will be terrible unto them. Why? For he will famish all the gods of the earth. He will tear down every false god in this earth, not, in, not only in Egypt as he did with Moses in the exodus of Israel from Egypt and destroyed all the gods of Egypt. This time, he's going to destroy all the gods of this earth. All that is man-made doctrine, uh, just as he stated in Hebrews 12. The Lord hath promised, yet once more he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. So that all things that cannot be shaken may remain. The things are the things of faith in the true doctrine of Christ. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Well, there he is. He's saying there he's going to destroy all the gods of the earth. And he's going to do it with the people of God. Well, certainly that will get our attention. Then he says, he will famish all the gods of the earth and men shall worship him, not them, him. Truly, one Lord, one faith, uh, one baptism, one God who's above all, father of us all and in us all, the true Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. One God, not three persons, but one person. And he said, and all men shall worship him every one from his place, even all the isles of the heathen, all that's left in the land, there will serve the Lord God Almighty, for all shall know him from the least to the greatest. He said, you Ethiopians also, you shall be slain by my sword. That, watch that sword. He said there in Genesis 3, 24, he kept away at the tree of life by placing cherubim at the east of the garden of God and a flaming sword turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. The cherubim is a capital C, which is a Christophany or a theophany of Jesus Christ. And the sword, of course, is the word of God. It is the Lord Jesus, the word of God. Now, with that said, uh, that he said, and he will stretch out his hand against the north and shall destroy Assyria. Now, uh, the Assyrian is... Uh, the people that comes out of the north with a small people and deceives the whole world with a small people. O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in their hand is my indignation, saith the Lord. Isaiah 10, verse 5. That's that northern army, the Assyrian. And he says he's going to destroy Assyria which will be that nation uh, that comes against the ships of Kittim in the last day, and Asher, which is the father of Assyria, and shall make Nineveh a desolation and dry like a wilderness. Watch it here. Verse 14, and flocks shall lie down in the midst of her. Now speaking wisdom to them that are perfect, those that understand we must press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Those that have not read the word of God will think that we're coming out of left field and never heard anything like this. To them, it'll be foolishness. To them, it'll be just false babbling. But to those that do know their Lord God, it will be a great revelation in the work of the ministry, not just the person. The person of Jesus, he is the Father. He's the Word of the Holy Ghost. He is God, always has been God, and always will be God. Made himself a body of flesh and blood. There came in, coming in under the law to redeem us under the law. Died, buried, rose again, and went back to that where he was before spirit. And now gave us of his spirit, being glorified with the Father's own self. The Lord now is that quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Now, assuming that those know the person of God, we're going into the work, the work of the ministry, which we are all called for. For he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Those are the ones that's going to preach the everlasting gospel to all the world for witness in all nations, and then the end will come. Somebody said, well, that's already happened. No, it hasn't. Not this gospel. Not this gospel of the kingdom. This has been a false gospel of the kingdom that's had literally a footprint over all the world in a trinity doctrine, which is not the true gospel. And that's what God is doing now in revealing who he is in his person. Now he will reveal his work to those that are perfected. He gave a fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. Those that are saints are sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Doing the will of God, not a hear of the word, but a do of the word. And doing their particular will in the Lord Jesus Christ with the Lord fitly framing the body of Christ together and then compacting it according to the measure of each part of which every joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Now that's what he's doing now. This work that he spoke so many years ago there to me was so profound, I had never even thought or heard of a cedar work. But then it changed the whole ministry. The more of, instead of just knowing the person of Jesus, now we're getting into the work of the ministry. And notice that the fivefold ministry is for the perfecting of the saints. What? For the work of the ministry. We are all called for that, that know him and the greatness and the power of that name, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Now he said that in the flock shall lie down in the midst of her all the beasts of the nations, both the cormorant and the bittern shall lie and lodge in the upper lentils of it. Their voice shall sing in the windows. Desolation shall be in the thresholds. For he why? For he shall uncover the cedar work. Now that shook me to my very eye teeth spiritually. That this last great day work was setting before us. And at that particular time did not have two nickels to rub together. We were completely, totally broke. And I had given a tool set that we use on the, the ministry. of. Uh, there that we use to get down the road, a craftsman tool set there for a tank of gasoline for the three trailers to get down the road. 
and were totally broke when we came into Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Lord visits and gives this revelation. I told my wife we can't quit. We must keep going. We must keep pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We cannot stop now. Now, we did do some work to pay the the lady there that was generous enough to let us park our travel trailers there and that trailer park, and we paid her and then went back on the road again. I can't say that there was a great breakthrough, but during this time, it was a time of the Lord's voice leading and guiding into this last great day work of the ministry that he will uncover the cedar work. And when we take a good look at what is the cedar work, now we look at the walls, the cedar walls of the most holy place in Solomon's temple. The fur is of uh, the fur covers the floor in the holiest of all, the most holy place. The walls uh, there in the holiest of all are cedar. But the cedar work are overlaid with gold. But there's many that will try in the last days to bring forth what they believe is the truth but it will be tried as by fire. Take a look at Jeremiah 22 when we talk about this cedar work. God himself says uh, into Jeremiah 22, verse 13, Woe unto him that buildeth his house. Now we're building a house, and that for the salvation of our souls. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, the kingdom office, that is the kingdom of God. And those that dig deep, Jesus said, I liken him to a wise man. That dig deep went through all the different sand shifting doctrines uh, of denominational uh, doctrines and dogmas, but dig deep and founded a rock. The true Christ, not only in the person, but the work as well, the person and the work of Jesus. And that is what Jesus is stating there in Revelation, the second and third chapter, I know thy works. And it talks in there and tells us in the book of the Revelation that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. That is the first and last of all the attributes of God. Not that he had a beginning and an ending, because he is God. But it is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, and he tells us what that is, which was, is, and is to come. Who? The Almighty. It is all Jesus, the man, is all the attributes of God. From the Allah through the Tau, the Alpha to the Omega, the A to the Z. That's what will be revealed in the last days. They think now he's just the second person of the Godhead that is somehow co-equal of the same co-substance in a hypostatic union, which is a bald-faced lie. Now, God is bringing the true ministers out of that fallacy into the true gospel, the true kingdom of God, and that true revelation. Now, what they're doing here, they're building their house. We're building our house. These, he said, 
with these that are building their house by unrighteousness. They're building it, but it's unrighteousness. When this rains come, the winds blow and the floods beat against the house, even though it looks like it is a house of God, that it is a temple of the Lord, that it is a believer in God, that it will fall and great will be the fall of it. This has surprised the hypocrite. Now we're going into this work, not just the person, but the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty himself in revealing who he is and doing it with judgments. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. When judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness, the true righteousness. But these have built their house by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong. Not which is right, but that which is wrong. That useth his neighbor's service without wages and giveth him not for his work. In other words, uh, they're using craft to prosper and uh, it's covetousness. Watch what he says here. Thus saith the Lord, I will build me a wide house and large chambers and cutteth him out windows and it is sealed with cedar. There's that cedar work and painted with vermilion. Vermilion. Oh, not overlaid with gold. Shalt thy reign, God said? Do you think you have salvation? You think you've built your house and uh, you've done it with covetous pra practices, making merchandise of men, using uh, the religion for your own self gain? Many have ever thinking the gain is godliness, the prosperity gospel. But much more, we have to know the person, and not only the person of Jesus, that he is God Almighty, and who is one, the Holy One of Israel, but he's also talking about the work of the ministry, that we must do the will of God in order to have access and obtain the kingdom of heaven. He states that in the Constitution of the kingdom of heaven, in the greatest sermon ever preached in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the bylaws of the kingdom of heaven, and all those saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Why? Because they did not do the will of God. Then they will begin to profess unto Jesus. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. And in thy name, we've cast out devils. And in thy name, we have prophesied. We've done all this. But we didn't do the will of God. That's the problem. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. For you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. You didn't do the will of God. And because of that, not going up into him and doing the will of God and the purpose for each individual member, they missed it. They missed the mark in doing the will of God, even though some were born again, calling him Lord, Lord, and no man calling Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Now, that lets us know that we must do the will of God, grow up in him in all things and all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. God says, shall thou reign? Shall you reign with the Lord? Because thou closest thyself in cedar, because you clothed yourself with cedar, you think you're going to reign with me? Did not thy father and eat and drink and do judgment and justice? 
and then it was well with him? This is iniquity coming into the church of the living God, Pergamos, where Satan's seed is, where Satan dwelleth. So much a deception here that if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect. So we have to have the revelation of Jesus and this last day work of Christ in order to be sealed. It is that critical. He goes on and says, He judged the cause of the poor and the needy. Then it was well with him. Was not this to know me, saith the Lord. Why? To know God and to do his will. The next verse in uh, Jeremiah 22 and uh, verse 17. But thine eyes and thy heart are not but for thy covetousness. You're after money with great swelling words of man's wisdom to make merchandise of the people. It's all you're thinking the gospel is a prosperity gospel. Not coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, crucifying the flesh with the affection of the lust, uh, uh, crucifying the flesh with the affection and the lust, not doing the will of God, not mortifying the deeds of the flesh, though fulfilling the law of Christ, there walking in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But we're told we can have the flesh and all the things of the world and Jesus too, which is a lie. And he said, because of your covetousness and for you shed innocent blood and for oppression and for violence to do it. You're doing it for money. And you're thinking that God is with you. You're thinking that God's for you. But God said, you thought I was altogether one like you. But in that day, I will rise up and I will reprove you. This is the work, the work of the ministry that we're talking about now. I want you to tune in to the podcast as we go deeper. Now, this was the second visitation I had in my life. And I want to cover and share it with you in uncovering the cedar work. And that cedar work is... Uh, that overlay would go with a pure Shekinah glory of God and certainly not painted with vermilion. It is not a way of the world that seems right to a man that's going to get a sin. It's, it's the leading of the Holy Ghost and him alone. There is no other way. Now, if you'd like to join this ministry, we work together. We have so many ministers and we, uh, I apologize to the ones in Africa and India in Pakistan, I'm behind, and it's over 200 of you that are asked to join the ministry. I have not got back to you. Please be patient. We want to work and desire to work with you in the work of the ministry for the, the glorifying of our Lord Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life. That is that God Almighty, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, Spirit of God, which is Jesus only. Now, please, those that are listening and you've downloaded the podcast, I know you're there. We've had thousands of you, even in America and Europe, that have done so. Now step forward. Contact me. Leave your name and phone number at my phone, and I will call back and get with you so we can work together. God's doing this now. He is... Uh, they're having us to build our chambers 
that we will have to enter into, just as Noah built his ark for the saving of his soul. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall also be day in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating, drinking, and making uh, merry until the day that Noah entered into the ark. God shut the door. Seven days later, it rained from the open of the windows of heaven, and the great deep was broken up for 40 days and 40 nights, and the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days, which is five months, which is the fifth trumpet of God in Apollyon and Abaddon of that locust army horde that are coming, and we have to be sealed. And that is only through the word of God and doing the will of God, not just keeping a Sabbath day or doing anything of the flesh. It is uh, by following the leading of the Holy Ghost and being sealed in that Father's. Fathers have known him that's from the beginning. Not the newborn babies, not the little children, not the young men, but growing up into him in the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ is fathers. And the father turned the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. God said, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The time is now. God's doing it now. And we're seeing that evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. You're going to be hated of all nations for his name's sake. We've got to step forward, stand for the truth, go into the deep things of God there to be sealed. If God has dealt with you, and I know he has because we can take a look at the downloads of this podcast, please contact me and leave your name and phone number, and I will certainly get back to you and count it an honor to work with you in the the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the ministry that God's preparing for us now. We're preparing those chambers now to enter into that God said, enter into thy chambers, the priest chambers, where the treasures of the priest were. In him are hid all treasures, wisdom, and knowledge. And we're building those, uh, those chambers now, the word of God. And God tells his people, enter into thy chambers for a little while until the indignation be overpassed and my anger end in their destruction. But we must have those chambers prepared through the word of, word of God, that after we've received the word of God, then we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until we receive the promised possession. If God's dealt with you and bore witness with your spirit, then please call me. The country code is plus one. Area code 903-746-4885. Again, country code plus one nine zero three there you go seven four six four eight eight five or you can also write me post office box two nine zero six longview texas zip code seven five six zero six i live to hear from you as we can work together i look forward to hearing from you and contacting you where we can meet together and this body come together the bone to bone, supplying the joints, which will through that joint supply all the needs that there in edification of the body of Christ, edifying itself. And that is so important for us as a body of Christ to come together. God dealing with you. You've, uh, you, you know it's the truth. Maybe you've been in your church and your denomination for quite a while. Make a stand. Somebody said, well, what church are you with, with, Brother Beard? Well, we're the church assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. We're not 
They're a local church body. We are a traveling ministry team and mission work going to Africa, India, and as many as there we can uh, to Australia, New Zealand, uh, Pakistan. We The, the finances there, uh, as God provides, we'll be seeing them too. We are doing all we can, but we need to come together. There, we pray for everyone, everywhere, that God will perfect that which is lacking in each and every one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.